Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Brian Cobley, our students director, and Ryan Plants, our lead hey. pastor. Oh. So, thankfully, well, no. song. Uh, um, thankfully, power did not go out. We had a normal Sunday. We've had two weeks in a row of power, yes. and that's exciting. That is, yeah. I didn't think we'd be thanking the Lord for power. But no, it's, it's, it's nice. really nice to know yep. that we've had two weeks of power, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, it feels like a whole mm-hmm. new world. Yes. Yeah. The fact that we can get through a whole service with the lights and a live stream, it's it's amazing. So great. So we are in week seven or six? That was week seven. That was week, yeah, seven. week seven. Okay, yep. cool. Week seven of Resilient Joy. Um, we've got three more weeks three before more. we get into the Christmas season and, mm-hmm. and do something around uh, the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Um, this week was A Tale of Two Kingdoms. A was Tale that, of Two Kingdoms. Was that your working title? That was my working yeah. title and uh, a little nod to uh, my friend Charles Dickens. Nice. You I know? liked that. Yeah. Tale of Two Cities. Little yeah. <laughs> We're not doing the, the, yeah. the <laughs> ring the bell. Politician. Not ringing the bell. Nodding. A tip of the cat. Tip of the cap. It's interesting um, how they both kind of look the same. Yeah. For those listening, you really can't see like, It sounds right identical. Now. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, what was the scripture for this week? What was our breakdown? It I was can't remember. Three, I don't know. I don't, I don't, at I least don't know. 17 no. through 21. It was 15 through 21. Philippians 3, 15 through 21. Cool. Yep. I was going to try to tie in a 4-1. 4-1 kind of like mm-hmm. a bridge verse, but we just, we didn't go there. Yep. Not a lot's happening in 4-1 though. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, so don't, don't worry. We didn't miss out on too much, but mm-hmm. 15 through 21. Yep. yep. So the week before was, oh man, why am I blanking on the week before? It was Allison's and Allison was, it was uh, Paul's, it was a long passage, yes. um, 1 Coach through Paul. 14, talking through um, Paul and his uh, credentials and how he counts them all mm. dung poo. or poo, yeah. as as Allison shared. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So was there, um, was there much connection between those two or do you feel like these were kind of completely different not maybe not completely different thought but like a, a tone shift or was there uh, it, some connection there there's a connection there in that paul kind of outlines like he- here's who i was and what i thought was great about me and what i was striving for but now i realize in light of christ and the surpassing worth of knowing christ that all of those things are dung and then in uh verse 15 he says therefore and that's kind of like yeah. his pivot and it's his so what now for yeah. everyone listening what does this mean for you yeah and again, the majority of your message kind of falls into this framework of the two different kingdoms, right? That's how, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which there is quite a, quite a bit of connection to all the things that Allison was referring to as poo and then living for the earthly kingdom. Totally, yeah. Um, but I don't, listening to it yesterday, I didn't get a chance to re-listen today, but um, I didn't see too much of a connection between um, or I didn't hear you spend all that much time connecting the two. You kind of just hopped into, um, these two different kingdoms. Yeah. Um, in the, in that passage itself, does it hop in right away? And we're off to the races talking about the, um, the dichotomy between these two kingdoms. Uh, no, he, um, in verse 15, um, he uh, has a, a couple of verses there before he, he jumps into it. And so, mm-hmm. um, I'll actually pull it out. Yeah real quick and we can look at that but he he sets it up he doesn't yeah. get into unpacking the reality that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. until verse 20 yeah um and before that he actually um uh gets at uh, those who are enemies of the cross mm-hmm. uh in advance of that and so in philippians chapter 3 uh verse 15 
um, Paul says, uh, and it's kind of right there in the middle of the paragraph. He says, therefore, let those of us who are perfect. And he does that like in, yeah. in my translation, it's like in quotation marks. And it's just yeah. kind of like this, uh, like I said in the message, this sort of cheeky, like, yeah. you know, as you're listening to it, if you mm-hmm. think you're perfect, you know, you're, you're, you're not. Um, yeah. And he says, let us embrace this point of view. What, what Paul yeah. was talking about, like, let us consider this yeah. dung and let's move on toward our upward mm-hmm. call of God in Christ Jesus. And, um, and then he starts to transition a little bit more into this idea of what does it look like now yeah. uh, to consider those other things that were assets to consider them liabilities and, and to instead press toward that upward call as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And he says in verse 16, nevertheless, let us live up to the standard that we've already attained. Mm. So, um, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to be vulnerable with my lack of knowledge on exactly where Philippi's at. But is that where is that in relation to Rome, to uh, Israel? It's not Asia Minor, right? It's like up along. It's up. So yeah. if, if you're looking at a map, um, you have Italy, you have Greece, yep. and then kind of north um, east mm-hmm. of Greece, you have Macedonia. Yeah. And Philippi was in Macedonia. Macedonia. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was like up right on the like. You would have to go through Philippi to get to Rome. Like if you're looking at yes. Paul's yeah. 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 if you're looking uh-huh. at Paul's missionary journey from like yeah. Jerusalem, it goes up there. Yeah. Philippi was actually on and I can't remember the name of the road. It, it was called the Via Something. Oh <laughs> yeah. And it was on a very specific road, a trade mm-hmm. route that would run right through Philippi, yep. through the Roman Empire to Rome. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm I'm curious with this whole conversation that Paul's having about citizenship to to go back to the original audience of this letter oh yeah having the conversation of obviously and when brad and i were in bible college we Mm -hmm. would talk all the time about the fact that you had this struggle of these israelites who were (laughs) i love your hand motions oh (laughs) sorry (laughs) for the audio listeners brian like like did an exact imitation of what i was doing i thought i did something wrong um anyways you had the israelites who were then occupied by rome and obviously that was kind of the struggle for them. And, mm-hmm. and But Philippi is not a part of Israel. It's mm-hmm. up north. Is this letter that Paul is writing at the time, we've had this conversation for thousands of years about your citizen of heaven while also being quite literally a citizen of whatever country you're in. Mm-hmm. Was this mind-boggling or kind of altering for the Philippians to hear like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Rome's kind of controlling everybody, but we're Philippians. But then now you're saying, like, not only are we not a part of these two civilizations, we're actually a part of a much bigger heavenly kingdom. Let me even mention that, too, because Paul himself was a dual citizenship. Yeah. He did. Yep. Yeah. So the first thing that, uh, on the original hearers, the, 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 the Philippians, yeah. what's so interesting about that conversation is uh, one way to think about it is many of the people who would have settled in Philippi at this time, and I didn't include this in the message, um, would have been uh, Roman soldiers Mm. who would have entered into Philippi and conquered Philippi or been descendants of Roman soldiers who conquered Philippi, and they would have been allocated. So what Rome would do is Rome would colonize places, okay? And Rome moved into this area, um, and they would have settled some of those soldiers that conquered Philippi, mm. and they would have given them uh, a special kind of um, uh, citizenship yep. as Roman citizens in Philippi to Romanize, yeah. to Romanize Philippi. 
and they would have given them a lot of land, mm-hmm. and they would have given them um, the opportunity to build their own household in Philippi. Yeah. And so this would have been like their prized possession mm-hmm. was this like they weren't just like regular citizens; they were like landowners yeah. in Philippi, and yeah. that was a core component of their identity. Mm-hmm. Wow, which is, I mean, not too own world. I mean, people want mm-hmm. their yeah their land or their legacy mm-hmm. absolutely it's probably another yeah. L I can put there yeah and ex- exactly like a good Baptist um you know it's <laughs> yeah. it, they would have they would have they would have prized their citizenship and then dovetailing into the conversation with Paul we know Paul that Paul leveraged his citizenship yeah. uh, of the Roman Empire um, in order to um, uh, make his way all the way to Rome to yeah. be tried mm-hmm. uh, in the Roman court yeah. yeah which and then there's a story in Acts when Paul is getting beat by Roman soldiers. Mm-hmm. And then, like, th- says, is this how you treat Romans? Mm-hmm. And then that's when they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, Sorry. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> our bad. Were, our bad. Thought yep. you were just a, just a Jewish man. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, that, I, you connected that for me of, like, mm. him talking about dual citizenship. Mm. Which, when you get into the nuance of the yeah. conversation of citizenship, um, uh, essentially what this begins to do is it begins to... Um, uh, provide a lot of nuance Mm -hmm. to the conversation regarding um, our own story right now and our own context with respect to what does it mean for us to be American citizens Mm -hmm. and to be citizens of heaven? Does it mean we completely neglect and and throw off our American Mm -hmm. citizenship and regard it as as dung and that means that we don't don't do anything with it? Mm And we simply live as, you know, quote unquote yeah. citizens of heaven, or is there a more nuanced, complex mm-hmm. way of living as American citizens um, and um, citizens of heaven? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, and I think that what's interesting about Paul using those words is clearly where we are at right now. We live in a obviously Russia and Ukraine's a different story, but a relatively peaceful time, right? Sure. Not a lot of like conflict. There's not a lot of countries conquering other countries but mm-hmm. back then that was like every few years mm-hmm. and obviously rome had a, a hold on a lot of the mediterranean but even something that we've never had to deal with of being an occupied country right mm-hmm. of like what is this like because we're still being called philippians but like rome is in charge and they're taking x y and z out of this so i think that a lot of these passages still hold weight and value but there's a, a certain amount of context that you have to realize of like okay citizenship to us is like something that you know if you're born here it's just a given like it's not anything that you have to really think about mm-hmm. or comes to grips grips with but for them it was a very complex interesting conversation to have and what did that mean for them and probably very mind altering for that audience when Paul's like yeah like you're a citizen of, of Philippi, but mm-hmm. more importantly, you're a citizen of, of heaven and a part of this heavenly kingdom. So, um, can I add yeah. like another question with that too? Is now what is something I didn't think about until mm-hmm. like right now is we are citizens of America, mm-hmm. and as Christians, we know that we're citizens of heaven and yeah. we should act that way. But it's also like a citizenship of something we haven't been to mm-hmm. yeah like we sure. haven't been yeah. to heaven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i think of somebody who wants to be american say in their country whatever country that is mm-hmm. like hey i want citizenship in america i'm gonna start acting american yeah mm-hmm. yep. i bet that is mm-hmm. a huge conflict mm-hmm. um yeah. 
within their own culture. Which you kind of got into. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I think it's important. So you wrestle with that nuance of, well, yeah. what does it mean to be a citizen of a um, earthly country or earthly mm-hmm. colony? Yeah. And what does it also then mean to be a citizen of heaven at the same yeah. time? And I think the important distinction for us as we navigate this world in the here and now is understanding um, what's happening to my soul and the world mm-hmm. around me. In our context, is my soul and the world around me, like my family, my home, my job, is all of that getting Americanized? Mm. Or am I living in such a way where I'm heavenizing my soul and my home and my world around me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key distinction between understanding those two. When we say the kingdom of heaven, we don't simply just mean like the place where we go when we die. I don't think that was Jesus' understanding at all. Mm -hmm. Even in um, in this passage from Paul, uh, he says, we're citizens of heaven, but our citizenship is in heaven. And and we also await a savior. We await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, mm-hmm. one day we will go there. Yeah. He says, it's coming here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so in that reality, when Jesus talks about heaven, he talks about the kingdom of yeah. heaven, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that is anywhere his rule and reign are currently um, mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. And so um, as citizens of heaven, our, our role in our world should be seeing God's rule and reign come to bear on our souls and the yeah. lives around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to go to Hobby Lobby and get me like a a verse for my house, and that'll that'll do that it. That'll do it. I and for my I, home. I, I got think, the home I th- covered. I think so. right. Yeah, I got I my home so. covered. It might it might be a little more complicated than that, but it's a good start. Peace, hope, yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. Done. Boom. That's right. Heavenized. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that would yeah. do it. That would so that's probably yeah. it. That's about yeah. right. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things that uh, I appreciated that you touched on it, and then Brian touched on it in the dismissal was um, you guys talked about looking at other people, role models, yeah. and and modeling um, behaviors that you see. You use the example of your neighbors growing up, mm-hmm. which um, great. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, that was that great. Was a wonderful. That was story. really good. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask the question of obviously that approach without the proper heart or attitude mm-hmm. could then go to the flip side of going through the motions, right? Or like kind of faking it until oh, yeah. you make it. Mm-hmm. And this might be a really simple answer, but what, what prevents us from just going through the motions? I think about Brian, you had said with your son, right? I grew up in a Christian context all of my life. And that's something I think that every kid that grows up in the church realizes is I was just modeling something I saw Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have a faith. I was just, I had a youth pastor, a children's pastor, parents. Um, Obviously for kids that'll happen organically over time of, I don't, I finally felt something like a spiritual awakening and I was just going through the motions as a kid. Um, What prevents us from, going out and finding the model of someone that we want to follow their attitudes, read a biography. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of prevents us from falling into that trap of, okay, I'm just going through the motions and keeping up with the Joneses at church and Mm -hmm. and X, Y, and Z. Uh, Not too much. Um, uh, Here's what I, 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 I think we underrate going through the motions. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, <laughs> I think take. we underrated uh, going through the motions. And um, I think there's a lot of value in going through the motions and going through the routine and habits, um, but, it, but it can't stop there. Yeah. So I do think there's value in just doing that, being like, I don't know exactly why I should do that, but that person's doing that and I'm going to do that. Yeah. I don't think that's bad, mm-hmm. especially when we're imitating people who are yeah. following after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think like if that's square one and that's all you're doing to start, mm-hmm. that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I think two things. Um, first of all, uh, begin to grow curious and ask the why, right? Mm-hmm. Ask the why and explore. 
and invite God's spirit into that process and invite God's spirit to direct and guide and provide that. And answer. you're saying, ask the why of the, the actions of the that actions, I'm mimicking. Of okay. the actions yep. and routine. Yeah. Ask the why, like, okay, like I'm, I'm reading my Bible every day and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm modeling this behavior that I, I see in my mm-hmm. parent or a small group leader or the pastor of my church, mm-hmm. uh, this, this role model I'm trying to imitate. I'm doing this and I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And as, as you're walking through that process, no one's going to do that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Martin Luther uh, said that all of life is uh, uh, repentance. All of life is a life of repentance. It's a starting anew. And as we go through this process, we're going to have to go through seasons where we repent mm-hmm. and we say, God, I've been doing this for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, I think it gets bad when we go through the process for the sake of the approval of man. Mm-hmm. You know, who are we doing it for? Yeah. Um, and in that sense, we're trying to probably grab onto our quote unquote citizenship in a community mm-hmm. of people for acceptance rather than going through those motions or mm-hmm. practicing those habits and those routines for the mm-hmm. sake of pleasing God. I like, I like, I like the purpose of it because mm-hmm. the analogy I think of when it comes to imitate me is when I was a construction worker, um, we'd always set up our cones or delineators is what we mm-hmm. called them on a freeway mm-hmm. when we are doing work. And it never failed that there'll always be one person who just got too stressed out about the cones and would like think they need to drive through the cone. Oh. And then when that would happen, what do you think would happen next? Everyone else would follow. Everyone yeah. else would follow yeah. oh, that really? person. Okay, yeah. And so now we have like 10 yeah. cars in our construction zone because mm-hmm. it took one person to knock down the cones and go in. And not even mm-hmm. knock it down. They oh. just now everyone's like, oh, he must know what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And sure. start following mm-hmm. that person. Then we're like trying to get them yep. to, to run back in mm-hmm. that, like asking the, the why, because we could also realize that we're following yeah. one person totally into danger yep. and don't even realize we're following just. Yeah, asking the yeah. purpose. Asking and we have to trust one. the Lord in his yeah. providence that like he is caring for us. And even in those seasons, yeah. the Lord is teaching us something and showing us something. When I think the being very intentional and understanding the why of going through the motions um, is so important because I think in, at the end of your message, you talked about um, experiencing people who had lived their life and came to the age of 60, 70, 80, who had lived for an earthly kingdom and then a heavenly kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's what's most scary to me and what I hear that, um, that I don't know, uh, cautionary tale, right, of people realizing, like, I was going through the motions, mm-hmm. and now I'm 50-something years old, 60, whatever, and all these things have happened, and I didn't realize that I was just going through the motions. And I think that's, awareness is, is, a, is a huge part of that, right? Well, it totally is, but it's what's even more important than just simple, like, self-awareness yeah. is... How often um, do you find like yourself pointing out your own blind spots? Yeah, not frequently. Nope. Because that's that's why they're called blind spots. Mm-hmm. Because we're blind to those things. Mm-hmm. Which is the importance of community. Which was that second thing yep. I said. Like join a group. Yep. Um, that's that's what we offer here at Arbor. Our groups. Um, not because it's just again some routine rote thing just yeah. to do, but there's real deep value in being known by other people, mm-hmm. so that you can build relationship mm-hmm. and they can. Uh, not just call things out where they're like, why are you doing that? Like, it just mm-hmm. seems like you're going through the motion, motions, but so they can also like affirm you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think oftentimes we'll be doing the routine day after day yep. and we'll be like, is anything changing? Am I growing in Christ's likeness? Am I more of a citizen of heaven today than yeah. I was this time last year? Mm-hmm. And the value of having other people in our lives is they can watch that and they can mm-hmm. say, yeah, like, dude, you are you are a totally different person. Mm-hmm. You are growing in patience and kindness mm-hmm. and love 
And, you know, I had a conversation with my wife on Friday. We were talking about a handful of different things. And um, I was just sharing some things in my life where I was like, I just, I feel like I'm floundering in this and Mm -hmm. this. And she just kind of came alongside me and said, Ryan, like, you don't understand. I see so much growth Mm -hmm. in your life, not just in the last year, but like the last in our marriage. And I want to affirm that in you. And it's so comforting to have that Mm -hmm. in your life when someone can see that for you and be like, no, like you are going in the right direction. Something that we we had a family meeting last night. We had staff meeting this morning, and I had heard you use some language from Sunday morning, then at family meeting, and then today at um, our staff meeting. What it was English, yeah, which I was really happy to hear. I, if you would have been speaking another language, I would have been lost. The As whole, an American citizen, yeah. that's kind of my thing. Yeah, it's your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you you used it, I think, when you talked about the power that we receive. We've attained power, and you said up to and into, right? Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and uh-huh. you've used that. And I was curious, where did that come in in the research, in the writing process? Because I imagine I've probably heard that yeah. before, but that was something that I had heard, and I was like, that's really good because not only is it two different phrases used in the same context, but it really does speak that not only do you have to live up to, I think it was live up to and into, into it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's great. Where did that kind of come in in the process? Um, in verse 16, where Paul says, nevertheless, let us live up to the standard. Mm-hmm. And as I was kind of studying that in the Greek, the the words there, like up to and into, kind of can be translated either way. Oh, okay. And so it's just this idea, I think of just using both for clarification purposes mm-hmm. of this idea of what does it really mean? Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, it just I just drew it from those verse, that verse right there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really it's really cool that 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 the original Greek would translate into either one of those because I think they have similar meanings but they have different actions, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe just a, for example's sake, what would it look like? What would the difference in our in our actions in our life be if we were going to be living up to the power that we've attained and living into the power that we've attained? Oh man, I don't know. That's tough. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Living up to the power we attained. Yeah. Um, I think living into it is, you know, gets at it in my mind, at least Mm -hmm. it gets at like the practice of it and like that kind of daily routine. Mm -hmm. And then as we do that, we begin to see ourselves live up Mm -hmm. to it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good. Nice little tight short. Yeah. What I'm curious is, is up to even a behavioral thing and into an action thing. Is up to a behavioral. Oh, wow, I would say it's almost reversed. Flipped. Okay. I think up to living up to is, is more action. Okay. Into is more like behavioral. Like you know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. live, live up to my dad. That means I'm I'm trying to like mm. please. I'm trying to mm-hmm. do it. But if I'm like living into my family, it's like mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Or in, or into yeah. is like a behavior and action, and mm-hmm. up to is like a goal. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Number one answer. Oh, on there, the we go. there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those things, yeah. I mean, I think it's, again, it's not extremely linear. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's more of this like kind of concept that we're moving toward, mm-hmm. which is citizenship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons I ask these, these questions is I found out on the staff retreat um, that you and I have no problem living in the abstract and mm-hmm. asking these like just... We, I don't mind waxing philosophical, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that there's a lot of people listening to the podcast who are like, 
I want like something I can take away, yep. right? Uh-huh. I want something I can I can hear this on my lunch break, and then maybe I even use this on the second half of my yep. shift at work, right? Um, but it is a lot of fun to just hang out in the ab- abstract and, totally. and talk about mm-hmm. these things um, as principle and never get into the circumstance of it all. Yeah, and it's it, that's where I kind of exist in my preaching. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of come into like here here are the the definite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a difficult time with that as well. Well, I I struggle with it for multiple reasons. A, my mind doesn't naturally go mm-hmm. there. B, I'm really like hesitant to like present that because then yeah, I know my own heart, and it's like, well, if I just do that, then I'm good rather yeah. than really explore it and see the spirit kind of draw me into mm-hmm. what exactly you know he wants me to yeah. do. And so for instance when I was talking about like role models and then giving some very specific mm-hmm. examples like read a biography yeah. or join a group mm-hmm. or read your bible. I'm I'm really hesitant to do those mm-hmm. things cuz I don't want it to be like this is the only way, but I know that for for all of us mm-hmm. we do need very practical steps that we can yeah. take to see that take root in our lives. Oh yeah. Like the in the preaching I loved your sermon and First time in any sermon I've ever heard somebody say read a biography. Read a biography. biography yeah. which I was like, I sat there, got convicted. Like, man, I don't. What's a like, biography? I'm, so sometimes I'm so lost in my own story that mm-hmm. I don't stop and mm-hmm. yeah. hear other people. It's it's yeah. the most honestly, it is the most. It it has been for me over these last probably five years one of mm-hmm. the most life giving things mm-hmm. to read. Not just anybody. Not like. Not like John Adams' biography yeah. or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, um, it's so funny. I was listening to your point. I'm like. Like, I always try and find an application that you can find in the scripture. Right? Mm-hmm. The scripture's telling yeah. us to do this, especially sure. in the mm-hmm. epistles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's for Timothy. So when you first said read a biography, I'm like, where does it say that? Yeah. <laughs> I says, imitate me. I guess that's the... Yeah. It's, a, the, it's a way we yeah. can do you that, totally right? Yeah. It's a way yeah. we can wow, imitate really, others, I would right? not yeah. have come... I mm-hmm. would have said, hey, live like Paul or better yet, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the thing. Is like we get like, that was my third one. Is like read the Bible, obviously. Like look at Jesus, look at yeah. Paul's life, yep. look at the apostles in Acts, look at Daniel in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like these are kind of mini biographies yeah. that we have in Scripture, uh, but we also have you know many men and women, especially in the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep going, but you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. recent history of yeah. individuals. Who who've lived this out practically yeah. in our kind of modern context? Yeah. I was going to ask you if I can borrow your Eugene Peterson one now. You've mentioned it a few times, and now I'm. Oh, he's never read it. He just recommended it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it I sounded was, good. Yeah. I read the I read the summary on Amazon, and okay. I was like, that changed me. <laughs> Eugene, yeah. that changed me. Eugene, no, that was I'm not a big Audible book guy, but um, both Eugene and Dallas Willard were Audible books for me. Mm-hmm. What um, you don't have those? Yeah. Uh, they were. I I listened to both of those in car rides, and count as reading. In my opinion, no, but you know, it's still the book and the content wow. is there. Uh, but that's what I find about biographies is wow. kind of in their story, it um, you you kind of get absorbed in it through that audio level. And while you're driving, just mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it gets it's inspiring, especially so for Eugene in particular, as a pastor to, to be able to hear his struggles, mm-hmm. because you know y- you look out and you're like, well, as a pastor, I should be X, Y, and Z. And then you have someone like Eugene Peterson who. It's kind of seen like as as like a pastor's pastor, and you're like, I bet that guy just crushed it all the time mm-hmm. and never went through hardship and never struggled. And then you hear, then you like hear or read his biography, and you're like, this dude struggled. Mm-hmm. Like this dude, like oftentimes did not want to be doing what he was doing mm-hmm. uh, because it was so hard and just like just strained his mm-hmm. life and his family and his marriage. And you're like, okay, like. It, part of it is like i'm not alone yeah and i'm i'm following now i can how did how did he respond 
in those yeah. moments of hardship and want, wanting to quit and how did he press forward and what prompted him and what practices were yeah. in his life? I mean, pardon my ignorance. What was his lifespan? Like where, uh, Eugene where, Peterson? When, he when, just passed a few years ago. Yeah, it was okay. Was say, yeah. So, like, when was he pastoring? What was the? the he era? was pastoring probably uh, late sixties through. Um, my guess was like I think up until about ten or twenty years ago. Okay. And then he took a post as uh, a professor uh, at a small school in, in Pennsylvania, and then um, Regent College up in Vancouver, um, uh, BC. Okay. Uh, and lived in Montana. So he was born and raised in wow. Montana. Uh, went to SPU. Mm. And um, eventually ended up out east because he was in the ancient Semitic languages program at Johns Hopkins, uh, out on the east coast. He was wow. what a resume. Had, yeah, he was he was a smart dude. It's all done. Yeah, it's it is it is all done, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but True. he yeah, so he pastored up until like the early 21st century. Wow. Mm-hmm. And did he? Again, part of my ignorance. Did was he ever on like the mega church level? No. So he planted a church in, I believe it was called Bethsaida or Chevy Chase. Not like the, the actor. Not the actor. Very different, yeah. <laughs> not the actor, but it's yeah. a little it's a suburb of DC. Okay. Mm. And he planted a church there. He was Presbyterian. He planted a Presbyterian church there. And uh, in the biography, it talks about kind of his struggles with planting a church mm. and pastoring a church. Uh, preaching um, wow. on a weekly basis and just kind of the the grind. Mm-hmm. He didn't start writing books until maybe 15 or 20 years into his ministry career. And even then he wrote a lot of really wonderful books that were published in the 80s that didn't see the light of day and get a lot of traction until after he did kind of his most infamous project that, you know, you see people kind of fall on very yep. sharp, yep. you know, uh, t- uh, I Divisive, for sure. Very divisive. Very divisive. Uh, He translated. He he's the primary primarily responsible for the message, Mm -hmm. and so once that kind of came out, everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's written a lot more," Mm -hmm. and um, and so yeah, I'm not sure where all that was going, but no, I mean, yeah, now I don't need to read it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting that you also recommended Dallas Willard because. So many people love him, but he's having a resurgence, especially in that Bridgetown, John Mark Comer. Totally. It's like, mm-hmm. it's very, as of recently, it's how can we make Dallas Willard sexy for millennials, yep. right? And yep. that's like, not a lot of people know, like, that is the inspiration behind a lot of what we we're don't seeing. We use that language. How do we make uh, Dallas Willard more attractive? Hipster. How there do we, we make Dallas Willard more hipster? Will- yeah, yeah. Willard hipster. yeah, so Dallas, Dallas Willard's story is very interesting as well in that Dallas Willard um, was born and raised in Missouri in a very poor family, like didn't have electricity in their house for like his first like 11 years of his mm-hmm. life. What era was this now? Uh, this is like the 50s, mm-hmm. like growing wow. up in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and he uh, was a really bright individual, uh, went to school, uh, got his PhD at University of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and eventually got a post at USC uh, as in their philosophy department. And he was there his whole life um, doing that. But he pastored... I don't know if it was in California or somewhere else with uh, Richard Foster. Mm-hmm. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. Richard Foster is, um, he wrote the Celebration of Discipline, which is all about spiritual disciplines. Mm. And so him and like Foster and Willard are like deeply connected in kind of like this spiritual formation movement mm-hmm. in the late 20th century. And they wrote a lot. Willard, more the abstract, mm-hmm. his kind of 
uh, magnum opus is the divine Con- conspiracy mm. and he has a couple of other books that kind of tease out what those spiritual disciplines look like richard foster is a little bit more kind of on the ground yeah. practical with that stuff but those guys really shaped what spiritual formation in the late 20th century looks like and a mm. lot of guys like john mark comer uh, a handful of other churches in the states right now yeah. uh, have kind of grabbed onto to mm. kind of repackage as yeah. a way toward when we say spiritual formation, essentially what we are saying is is discipleship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because what they were finding were people would attend church, but it wasn't forming them. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a good practice, but it was one one practice of many that need mm-hmm. to happen in our lives yep. so that we would be formed in the, into the image of Christ mm-hmm. so that we would actually be citizens of the kingdom yeah. of heaven. I feel like I need to read one of these autobiographies and then read like when I'm at an era of their life that they wrote uh, a piece of literature. Read that literature. Read that, read mm-hmm. that book or whatever, and then continue. Mm-hmm. Were like, any or any of those three autobiographies? Or were they all biographies? Oh yeah, sorry, biographies. They were. Well, all, I was going to ask because they might have been, but all, all all biographies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be kind of cool. Kind of like mm-hmm. you know, if you read the Book of Acts, hear Paul's story, mm-hmm. and then stop and like, yeah. oh, he read wrote one of his epistles. He wrote this yeah. letter yeah. at this point. Totally. Read the, yeah. yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Be interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we are definitely over on time. Are we? Yeah. That was thirty minutes already. Wow. We're past 30 that was minutes. a good one, guys. Yeah. yeah. We've been you. doing this for two hours. It, well, <laughs> it's at one hundred and twenty-six minutes right I'm now. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, anything before we close up? Uh, we have another week of uh, resilient joy coming. Yeah, we do. Um, anything else that we need to announce? No, we have baptisms. Baptisms this, baptisms yep. this Sunday. Really looking forward to that. Yep. It's going to be awesome. And yeah. And then Christmas will be, I mean, it's already right around the corner. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the follow up podcast. And we will see you guys next week. 